0: The shed, the shed, be lovely little shed. Might as well get a Chesterfield, a toilet and the bed. It's the only place where I can go and tinker with my toys. Go and find solitude with a bunch of ugly
1: guys. Be brag.
2: to Shed Happens, even when you're socially isolated. I'm Patrick, and we'd like to thank the UK Men's Shed Association and Froom FM for their support to this two-hour weekly radio show on Froom FM every Wednesday morning during the coronavirus self and social isolation. It's about men's sheds and the Shed Movement, but aimed at everyone. Now a short clip from BBC's Radio 4 Saturday Live from the 14th of March, featuring Trevor Gallum from the Jed Shed explaining what the Shed Movement is all about.
3: Well, listen, we're going to quickly um, speak to Trevor, who is on the line, um, because we are loving all your tribe stories. Hi, Trevor. Hello, good morning. Now, you're part of the Jed Shed. Can you explain what that is?
1: Yeah, the Jed Shed's part of the uh, Men's Shed movement. Um, Jed Shed, we called it Jed Shed simply because we're in Jedborough. And... um, the, the Shed movement is a big thing within the UK and indeed worldwide right now. It's mainly for people um, sort of over about 40 year old, but there are Sheds who um, do community works with people that are much younger than that, started in Australia. Um, but it, it's basically um, to get together, to get together to um, be active in a workshop style of environment, mm. uh, doing all sorts of different projects um, majority of the guys who are with us, uh, do, um, they're either between jobs or they're out of jobs or they're retired now. And it's basically to keep everybody motivated and encouraged. Um, and we also have a ladies' shed, too, in Jedburgh, which is quite successful. Um, hence the reason why we call ourselves Jed Shed, because we are in Jedburgh, but mm. also because we appeal to all sorts of parts of the community as yeah. well.
3: Well, listen, Trevor, um, it's um, lovely to hear from you and keep going. It sounds like a really worthwhile thing to do. So that's Trevor. Trevor Gallon, thank you.
2: So thank you, uh, Trevor and the Jed Shed. Now, always follow strictly the guidance issued by the UK government and the NHS regarding COVID-19, summarised in the letter you should get from Boris Johnson this week. Uh, ignore the jokes about him licking all the envelopes. He didn't. Anyway, please do stay at home, protect the NHS and save lives. Coming up is a short taster of what you'll hear in the show today.
4: Welcome to Shed Happens in Glorious Stereo, broadcasting around the UK and around the world. In today's show...
2: Charities are having to adapt quickly to carry on working while we're all keeping our
5: distance. I think the way the Shed It has pulled me out of the doldrum, so to speak... I'm willing to help anybody in that respect.
6: It's a shame that the sheds have closed. We're all missing it right now. So stick together,
3: carry on, do what you can at home. Try and keep busy and just try and do projects that perhaps you can bring back to your community sheds when you're finished.
4: Shed happens even when you're self-isolating. So self-isolate responsibly.
2: This show was recorded on the 31st of March, 2020, with everyone taking part remotely. Uh, most interviews were recorded since the 24th of March. Um, please let us know how you think the show could help you. If you have ideas, suggestions, or would like to contribute in future Wednesday morning shows, then uh, uh, do you have any music that you've composed or, or messages you want to give? Please contact us at sharedhappens at ukmsa.org.uk. Now we have shared as Kate, Dan, and John with us today. Um, Kate, Shed Development Manager from the UK Men's Shed Association and Dan, founder and um, all-round guru with Things Audio and Video from the Westbury Shed. And We also have John Latchford with us. He's a trustee of the UK Men's Shed Association. He's a Shedder from Amersham Shed. That's not easy to say (laughs) in one sentence. (laughs) Thank you, Dan. And he has an extensive background in scouting and project management. John, I'm sorry about the introduction. <laughs> in the studio and our remote studio and everyone else, thank you for taking part. So, um, studio, please say hello, Shudders.
6: Hello, Shudders.
2: Good. Now, look. Um, throughout this show, there is talk about all kinds of social apps, like and software and websites like Ypay, WhatsApp, Nextdoor.co.uk, even House Party, Facebook, Stroom, and Streamyard. As they say on all good BBC shows other products are available. Now, studio, look, we've been um, safe indoors now for just over a week. So can I ask you, you know, you've been speaking to people and obviously experienced the isolation yourselves. Um, What kind of things are people getting up to and what are they finding hardest to deal with or what you're missing? I'm personally missing hugs from family members I don't live with and I'm missing pubs. So for me, it's missing hugs and pubs. But, Kate, what are you um, missing or finding the hardest to, to deal with?
7: yeah i uh i mean for me i work from home so not too much feels very very different in terms of the working day but i also miss the fact that i can't go and see my parents at the weekend and give them a hug so i echo that and also the pubs um <laughs> i think uh from the sheds that i've spoken to it's been really nice to hear certainly with the ambassadors there has been a lot of um energy put into trying to connect with sheds uh, buddying systems with phone calls and things like that uh, and seeing that people are keeping themselves fairly busy um, there's a couple of sheds that are involved in making non-medical face masks for local volunteers who are supporting food banks and things so there's some interesting stuff going on and, and that, that yeah just gives, gives me hope
2: and i've spoken to more sheds in the last two weeks than i've spoken to probably in the last month
7: um
2: dan what about you how are you dealing with things i mean apart from all of the editing and work you're doing for the shed show
4: well, goodness, that's right, Patrick. I mean, we are we are uniquely uh, privileged to have this busy moment, even though it has its frustrations too. It's 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 fabulous, and uh, we're very honoured. So, thank you, thank you for that opportunity. Um, I, I have my my moments. Um, I, every once in a while, um, you know, I, I just kind of hold my head in my hands and think, what on earth is going on? But uh, for the most part, as you say, we've been very busy. I'm, I'm missing my youngest, I have to say. He very nearly came home a couple of weeks ago. I was up in London. It didn't work out, so we, we, we couldn't get uh, him back here. Uh, but he's safe where he is, and, and he in turn is missing his girlfriend who's in Colombia, trapped out there. So it's, uh, it, it's a crazy world we live in. But um, now I have my moments, but we're trying to stay safe, stay indoors, and be positive.
2: Is, um is your relative in Colombia or his girlfriend in in Colombia Yes is, is she getting repatriated?
4: Uh, well she there were they were going to um, there was um, there was talk of that uh, and then it was decided in actual fact that it was safer at that moment to stay there that's just when things were kicking off here um, so things were changing on a day-to-day basis but uh, I believe she's safe on a on a university campus out there and that's where he was going to be with her at the, he was going to fly yesterday. Uh, and he'd had it booked for two months. And it's just a typical story. Everyone's got these stories at the moment. Uh, the, at the moment, the internet hasn't crashed. So everybody's in touch still. So that's the one wonderful thing that's really going on for those that have it.
2: Thank you, Dan. John, how about you? What, uh, what kind of things are, are you missing or finding hardest or other people you're talking to uh, are suffering with?
0: I suppose the first thing really is my mother. Um, she's now in a care home. She's been in a care home for about a year now in Braintree. So she's quite away from where I live. And i've been seeing her every week for, for the last year until about three weeks ago when they shut the, the home to visitors so i haven't seen her for several weeks and she's really not all that well so i'm, I'm missing that we're, we're, we've got i've got four step grandchildren uh, some in amersham some in um, wendover not far not far so we see a lot of them and we can't see them so i'm missing that and also i'm missing my my chef, chef members i mean uh, we, we're a small share we've only got 13 members so it's, it's not a big group but We had a a virtual meeting yesterday with Zoom and uh, got about half of them there. A couple of them are, one of them's in a care home himself at the moment on on respite care. So, yeah, keeping myself busy in in my workshop at home, uh, repairing things at the moment.
2: Well, you uh, made that fantastic um, bird table terrace for sparrows that was at Shedfest, I think, this year, John, which I keep meaning to try and get to. um, I've got your plans and um, it's a fantastic piece of work. But I've not got round to it yet. But then I think that's fairly typical for a shedder, isn't it, Dan?
4: Sorry, you caught me on the hop there, Patrick. I was, oh, uh, I was just
2: saying that... It was a bird a, table. A bird, no, uh, yeah, a, a sparrow house. But it's one of those things I've got plans for that I must get around to, but I haven't. Sorry, John, we interrupted you. Carry, Do carry on.
0: Well, so, I'm currently repairing antique furniture. I've done a chair and a, and a a piano stool so far and I've got a couple of antique lamps to re uh, rewire so I bought which I ended up buying new fittings for which don't fit so I'm gonna have to re re refix the threads on them so yeah it's turning into a project at the moment so
2: Kate have you got have you come across other ideas that people um, um, are taking part in You, you mentioned house party which may appeal to the younger people I think but.
7: Yeah I've not come across house party but it's um, effectively like uh, I guess like Zoom but seems to be well it's just more it it just throws you into a room usually with the people that you know but you can actually end up talking to people that are friends of friends as well Um, but some of my friends you can do quizzes together so on Friday night they had a pub quiz and one of my friends Bex uh, she was really keen to to dress up because she missed wearing nice clothes so she put on a a, a red ball gown that her gran had left to her <laughs> was just sitting in a living room in a ball gown and this friday's fancy dress so yeah there's some quite um quirky things going on to try and uh, feel like there's still a bit of a weekend uh fever going on yeah
2: <laughs> so what's your plans for for this friday then kate
7: so friday so, so. Yeah, seven o'clock. Um, I think I've got about two or three things left over from Halloween. So <laughs> I'm going to dig those out of the attic. Like sure. <laughs> a Medusa or something like that for Friday night. And then, yeah, have a couple of beers and and chat to friends, basically. That's uh, that's the thing. Just really, really missing, you know, you think, oh, I want to go out for some food. And then you're like, oh, I can't. And um, So it's that kind of realisation every single time you think, let's go and do something. You, you, you know, you can't. <laughs>
2: And my, my daughter is playing um, online Scrabble with uh, with Chrissy, my wife, and um, <coughs> that's going down well because they, they they they're both very competitive. So um, and that, but that's an extended game, and I think Kate, you 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 similar kind of thing with uh, your nephew, wasn't it?
7: Yeah, apparently my my little nephew Tom, who's just turned four, um, played uh, a very low-level game of Monopoly for two. Two hours with his uh, with his grandma on WhatsApp because WhatsApp also has a video calling. So apparently, uh, Ed, his dad, just set it up and they played for two hours, just sort of chatting away. <laughs> so yeah, people are becoming quite innovative, I guess, about how to still create those family connections.
6: <laughs>
4: I was going to say there's there's an entire uh, generation um, that um, probably are, are living in a completely virtual world at the moment. There's so much gaming. I mean, I'm, I'm 56. Um, I certainly know friends of mine in their 40s who are gaming addicts. Uh, This won't mean a lot to a lot of shedders, but it might to some. It would be fascinating to find out uh, a little bit about what some of these people are up to and how that virtual world is working out at the moment.
7: Well, that's interesting you say that because I know that a partnership with Anchor Homes were talking about the idea that some people who are already, you know, socially isolated because of mobility in care homes, they're now bringing sort of virtual reality experiences into the homes so that they can go and visit places they never got to go and visit. So they get to walk around, you know, different countries. So the, so VR, is, if it's used correctly, could be a really powerful thing eventually. Um, so, yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Technology in the right in the right, used in the right way, can be very powerful, but it can also, yeah, cause lots of problems as well, can't it?
2: Um, I had a family recently who listened this, this last week who were due to go to a local zoo, well, farm zoo, and um, obviously had to cancel. And they have got some kind of um, virtual reality where they, you can you can do a video into your garden and have a lion walking through your garden um, <laughs> on VR. Um, so there's all kinds of stuff like that. Um, it'd be interesting to see how we could possibly use virtual reality in sheds. I don't know how that might that might work. I don't know, but it must be possible.
4: So, yeah. Uh, so uh, that's interesting that you say that, uh, Patrick, uh, because uh, when we were chatting to uh, Marcel in the uh, Guernsey Shed the other day, and I think we've got some stuff on that a bit later, um, it was fascinating. He was um, uh, talking to me about um, some of the things that I do in my workshop. He said, oh, would you come on my show on Wednesday and tell us about your skittles? And I was telling him about a story about making skittles for a club in Guernsey, and they were too small, so they sent them back. So uh, I'm going to end up doing a virtual tour of my skittle-making stuff on Wednesday. That's another thing I'm going to have to do this week.
2: What's that? Uh, the shed cast from the Guernsey Islands on Wednesday? Exactly. Fantastic. Yeah. All right. Now, Lahila, briefly, did uh, your neighbourhood take part in Clap for the Carers on um, the National Applause for all the health workers last Thursday evening? Yes,
0: we did. In uh, here in here in Prestwood, we did.
2: And how did that go?
0: Uh, a lot of people out. Not I mean, at the end of my cl- I live in a cul-de-sac, and the end of my close is a lot of very elderly people. Um, so they weren't out, but all the younger ones were out. I was
4: going to say, um, with my best uh, Victor Meldrew sort of uh, impersonations, I am so in awe of everything that uh, people in the everyday work uh, in the NHS do.
2: Well, I I was going to mention it later. I think these nightingale hospitals that are getting built in zero time are unreal. And I'm very proud that our country can put that together.
4: And the staff and commitment are there. But as I say, with my best Victor Meldrew voice on, um, it's... uh, I don't think we should single anybody out. There are so many people that are doing incredible work at the moment. And every time I go into my local supermarket, I applaud them too. So I'm not, I'm not going to single anyone out. So everyone's doing the best they can do in the circumstances. Some people are in more in the front line than others.
2: but um, And um, I believe that there may be people um, in the studio that have got people on the front line already
7: yeah that certainly applies to me my sister and her husband are both in hospitals and I think I shared a photo of you with you Patrick didn't I and John have wearing effectively looks like Ghostbuster type suits you know going around and you know supporting some of the the patients that are actually on a COVID-19 ITU ward so yeah it's um it's frightening kind of seeing them go out there on the front line and 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 beef in the thick of it, um so yeah, I I was I was really pleased actually. I, I was a bit sceptical that because I live in an area that I didn't imagine a lot of people would for some reason. But there was a lot of noise, lots of horns, and all the rest of it, and the stars were out as well. So it was a, it was actually quite a quite a lovely moment, and um, feeling quite connected with people that I don't necessarily know.
2: Yeah, no, well, ours did that too. But one family with young boys near us really liked it, but they didn't fully understand, and they said. Um, through WhatsApp, they, they communicated, they were saying, Daddy, why are we clapping the big germ? Um, which <laughs> which is, a, I think, a better name than coronavirus.
0: <laughs> John, how you d- got, John, I was going
7: to say, you've got you've a son is on the front lines,
0: you know? Yeah, I've got a son and his girlfriend, they're both the intensive care nurses in one of the big London hospitals. Uh, in, um, so yeah, they're, they're in the full gear. I've, I've sent a photograph to you, Kate, of uh, what he looks like, all gowned up. He seems pretty chipper so far. I spoke to him yesterday and he's, um, yeah, it's tough times, but they're getting on with it, basically.
2: Well, uh, Kate and John, um, um, our, our best wishes go out to your, to your to your relatives and close friends that are working on the front line. I mean, for those that are worried about toilet paper, um, I guess you've got real worries. Um, so, yeah. so thank you to, to them. Sorry, Dan, I, um, I cut you off a bit.
4: Oh, not at all. You were just talking about what little people, how little people react to this kind of thing in the big germ. I was just going to say many years ago at Easter, my, my daughter looked up at me and she said, Daddy, why was Jesus cross?
8: I went,
4: no. Oh, how, do you, how do you explain these things? It's lovely, though. Lovely. Lovely it little lovely. people. We love well, them. Yeah,
2: yeah. And all the rainbow pictures are just fantastic. So well done, kids, for the rainbow pictures. Anyway, look, thank you very much indeed, um, Studio. And now look for people listening, if you have ideas, suggestions, or would like to contribute in future Wednesday morning Shed Happens shows, do you have music you've composed or messages you'd like to pass on, please contact us at shedhappens at ukmsa.org.uk. Now, talking about Zoom calls and the use of it, um, here's Graham from the Shetland Islands talking about taking part in a Zoom video call. Tell me, is this the first time you've used Zoom?
9: It is the first time I've used Zoom. Yeah, it's very. Can good. you give
2: Can you give us a quick overview on how you found connecting up and and, and actually it, it, doing it, what it, we're doing now?
9: It was very easy. I just went in my browser uh, and I looked for a Zoom app. I loaded that into the computer uh, a day ago, and I got your email today. I pasted that in. Uh, and it connects straight away. Brilliant.
2: So you are now a Zoomer?
9: I'm a Zoomer. (laughs) Fantastic.
8: (laughs) Okay, Zoomer. Uh, He's a boomer, Zoomer. He's a boomer, Zoomer.
9: Zoomer, my heart went boom.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You're listening to Shit Happens on Froom FM at 96.6, locally and online, on demand, worldwide at FM. Please do follow the guidance issued by UK Government and NHS regarding the coronavirus. So thanks Graham, well done. I encourage as many people as possible who are online to set up regular video calls with friends and family. In the show on the 8th of April, we're gonna be having a short audio guide on using Zoom. Now in this week's show, we're talking with people from sheds on islands around Great Britain. We figured that island-based sheds are probably better at dealing with isolation than the rest of us. Um, And what lessons can we learn from them? Now, we have got interviews from sheds on Guernsey, the Isle of Wight, and Shetland. This is an historic moment. We have the most northerly men shed from Shetland, and the most southerly men shed from Guernsey in the whole of Britain, together, virtually.
10: <laughs> so welcome
2: Graham and Marcel. Hi. Hi there. Okay, and before we talk about the, the concepts of all this, I'm gonna just ask a couple of questions for everybody except for Marcel. So, this is for Kate, for Graham, and for Dan. Is Guernsey part of the UK?
4: Oh, I'm so tempted to say it is, but I'm going to get this wrong. Time.
9: I'm going to say it's a protectorate.
8: We are, well, yeah, we are part of the Bailiwick, uh, which is a group of islands that comes under Guernsey uh, uh, government. We are answerable, answerable to the Queen. We're not part of the UK, as popularly thought, but we are part of Great Britain. The second question
2: is, this To the others, is Guernsey in the EU?
7: Are we in the EU? (laughs)
6: Yeah,
4: I don't even want to answer that question, I don't want to go
8: there.
2: (laughs) Sorry Marcel, would you like to answer that question? (laughs) Never have
8: been, never will be.
2: (laughs) By way of introduction to the Shetland Islands, here's a clip from Paul Merton's BBC series Grand Tours of the Scottish Islands from 2015. Thanks very much to Paul Merton for his approval to run this clip, which features Das Shanty Yellmen.
10: Take yell for a start. It doesn't actually mean you have to yell to make yourself heard above the wind, although it may do. Then there's Gutcha, Limbista, Haskase, nevus Stewie and not forgetting Gloop. These exotic sounding names hark back to the Viking era and a dialect of Old Norwegian called Norn, which was widely spoken here. For the most part, Norn died out several generations ago. But there's a group of islanders who are keeping the language alive in song. these other shanty Yell men, who came together to celebrate their Norse heritage. Until the 15th century, these islands were still part of Norway, and like most Shetlanders, the people of Yell are immensely proud of this part of their history. Well, that was fantastic. Thank you. Andy? Now, uh, I understand a little bit of Norwegian, and there's a similarity, I think, between uh, the Norwegian language that I'm familiar with, and some of the words in this, because you're singing Starke Vilna yeah, which in Norwegian would be Starke Vindna Vestelia which is about yeah. the strong west winds. Exactly. In Shetland, if you ask about
11: the weather, you're asking about what's the direction and strength of the wind. Uh, can you stand up straight? Will your hat blow off?
1: <laughs> How heavy will the sea be?
10: Knowing the words is one thing, but singing them is another thing altogether. But I still can't resist auditioning for this uniquely Shetland boy band.
2: And they they practice in the shed, do they not?
9: They do, yeah. We, quite a few of the, the shed members are also in the Shanty Yell Men Choir, so
2: and he clearly enjoyed himself when he came to Shetland, I think.
9: Yes, yeah, yeah. Most people do. Yeah, it's a wild and woolly place, you know. It, it, but it's great. So
2: Graham, could you give us some background, please, on the um, Whale Firth Shed and yeah, how it got well,
9: set up? Yeah. Well, we or oh, I looked at uh, creating a men's shed about seven or eight years ago uh, as part of my day job, we found that our day services, we could engage easily with with, uh, women, but we couldn't engage with men. They just didn't want to come. I had the idea that perhaps if we created a, a different environment, we could probably get some of those hard to reach people. And it was very much looking at the social care aspect of it at the time. That didn't come to anything because uh, that coincided with this, the, the, the the cuts to the uh, budgets that really hit Shetland hard uh, about six, seven, year, eight years ago for the local authorities. And there was just no money. And we, I, I moved on to just trying to make ends meet. So I parked that until about two years ago. And in the back of my mind, I still like the idea of, creating a men's shed. One of the crofting communities on a place called the Herra had a public hall. Their community had, had, had shrunk and shrunk and shrunk. I was approached by one of the committee to ask if I was interested in perhaps taking it, it, it over and that was about three, three years ago and we've been through the, the mill with trying to make this work we created we created a working party for the men's shed. We went to Oscar. Oscar registered as uh, last August, and we actually started the started the uh, process of actually transferring the assets of her Public Hall to Welford Men's Shed, and that's where we're at at the moment. That that is something that, that grinds extremely slowly. In the meantime, we've been in in the Hera Public Hall for just over a year, and we've torn it apart inside. <laughs> so there's like, no going back.
2: <laughs> no, like you the, do, brilliant.
9: Yeah, yeah. So we inherited this public hall in very poor repair. It's it was leaky, very leaky, and we did some care and repair to just try to get it watertight. So <laughs> we we managed to refit refit the kitchen completely I stripped out part of the domestic science room uh, and uh, we've got a functioning kitchen we've we've got a toilet that works now we've got an office that works now and we've uh, started building a woodworking shop Uh, and that's where we're at at the minute it's it's an uphill struggle we're not there yet we've been fundraising as we go to try to bankroll this We've been making picnic benches. Uh, We were gifted some picture framing equipment and we've been making picture frames and we've been all all sorts of bits and pieces that we've been doing to try to make ends, to pay the bills. And in the last couple of years, we've probably off our own back raised about 3000 quid, which has been enough to pay the electricity bill, the insurance and keep it ticking over. So that's where we're at, really. It's very much work in progress, you know. Sorry, Dan, Graham. you have a question.
4: Yeah, thanks, Patrick. Oh, Graham, so how are you managing to keep in touch with the uh, with the shedders currently? Are you are you got a telephone yeah. network or something like that? No, or? we
9: we're, we're WhatsAppers. So we've got a WhatsApp. Group. So we've got a WhatsApp group, which has transformed the way we work. To be brutally honest, it's 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 very well used. Almost everybody has a mobile phone. You know, 99% of the membership has a mobile phone. They're all on the WhatsApp group, and it's great. It's really good.
4: How did you manage to get – did you have any resistant users (laughs) with WhatsApp? Because this is something we've been talking about a lot, and it's uh, we don't want to push one app over another, but it's been a very useful one for groups. So um, what's your experience of that?
9: Pretty pretty much, like like I say, we've got 99%. Of, of, of the members use it. There's a couple that are unwilling to buy smartphones, and that's like that. that that's you know the little bit of resistance that we've got. Uh, but we've got we use Facebook as well. But WhatsApp's WhatsApp's the main thing. Uh, and, and and so we, the good thing about WhatsApp is we can set up impromptu meetings. So. Prior to the problems that we're experiencing over the last couple of weeks, what we've been doing is if it's a nice day and there's something to do, well somebody will put on WhatsApp, I fancy going to the shed today, and if we can get three people to go, we've decided to make it to make it safe, we need three people in the shed. And and usually you can muster three people. We've put a key safe outside so all the members can access the, 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 access the hall. I've put in some of my woodworking machinery at the moment but the, w- we managed to get on the co-op uh, community fund and uh, we're hoping that that will pay us enough money over the next 12 months to be able to buy enough woodworking equipment to, to get the shop set up properly. We've got we've got a lathe, we've got, we've got a woodworking lathe, we've got a, a scroll saw, We've got a bandsaw, but we need to put extraction in to make it safe. So we're, hope, we're, we're, we're hoping that that, that that income stream will allow us to do that.
2: Marcel, can, we, um, can, I, can I ask you just to give an overview of the Guernsey shed and how many shedders you've got and what premises you're based in and um, what kind of things you do?
8: Sure. Uh, well, as you know, it was Patrick's fault that the uh, Guernsey shed started in the first place. I shall uh, edit
2: that out, Marcel. Yeah,
8: yeah, you try. <laughs> and uh, and Dan will edit it back in. It's not a problem. <laughs> Good um, so that was about three and a bit years ago. And uh, we moved into some big double packing shed for a, a, on a Vinery site. It's a five acre site uh two acres of which are under greenhouse um and they're it's pretty good glass uh, it's, it's in reasonable condition um as of about six seven years ago i suppose uh, there was a a growing community garden charity that uh, set up in the greenhouse um and they're still working on it. they've been through a number of iterations um but they're as of sort of middle of last year a new team has taken on the leadership of the charity and it's uh It seems to be a lot stronger now, uh, which is good. So we're on the same site. We've got uh, Men's Shed and Makerspace in the same shed. And we are two charities, um, but we're co-located and we're co-creating because we both want access to space and tools. Now, we both have a slightly different remit as to who we serve, um, but we're doing it together. So far, we've been... On site for three years. It's been a major renovation project. There were big holes in the roof, uh, asbestos concrete that needed to be uh, removed off the roof, and the outside was great water coming flooding in. Uh, most of the time, little office and uh, toilet and stuff like that uh, were all just mushed with water. There was one usable toilet you really had to know before you started using that toilet. Um, so it's been a long, slow process um, for us to get up and running, but we opened the Men's Shed uh, formally in November last year, 2019, and uh, we're holding off opening Makerspace yet until we've got some of the uh, higher-end equipment um, all properly locked down with uh, RFID card access, so it's much, much safer. But at the moment, the Men's Shed guys know that it's look-don't-touch, Um And that sort of equipment is the CNC uh, equipment, the laser cutter. We're just starting to introduce some guys to that. Um, We've got a big metal working lathe that's sort of off limits at the moment. There's a few other bits and bobs, but ultimately even the wood lathe will have a card access ID thing. So so nobody can just rock up and spin something that they shouldn't be spinning because this stuff's importantly dangerous. It's serious. Dan, have you done that? I
4: was just going to say, uh, what, what uh, the the RFID thing sounds uh, fascinating. Could you just talk us through that just for a second?
8: Mm. It's um, you effectively something the size of a credit card. Um, we've got an RFID system installed currently on the the inner door. So the, our outer door, uh, there's a few people with keys, namely the growers in the greenhouse, so they can come and use the toilet through the outer door. But then the inner door. Um, into the sheds it's just an Arduino based uh, thing so in terms of hardware it's probably about 10 or 15 quid tops you love talking another language sometimes i am trying to understand it. what's an Arduino I, I, I'm sure somebody told me once but I can't remember Arduino is a little a computer something the size of a sort of credit card little controller circuit board That's what you were playing with the other day on your on your shed cast That's right yeah that's a super small one it's an Arduino nano. Oh there you go. We'd better shut up this is this is far too geeky.
2: (laughs) No, But no Marcel, um, could you tell us about Shedcast because this is a a, an amazing amazing thing you launched even within days of the the lockdown I think did you know? Yeah
8: thanks. Um, We took the decision to close the shed oh don't ask me about dates but it was a fortnight today and this is the Friday so um but immediately that cuts against the grain of what the shed is all about it's a it's largely about reducing socialization so social isolation um and now we're closing the shed and saying go home isolate yourselves uh, and that really hurts so the pressure was on to try and work out ways in which we can still connect people um Online is a, is a big thing. Obviously, the phone is useful, um, but there's nothing quite like having a few faces to to laugh with and share stories. So um, over that weekend, a fortnight ago, I did lots of research, lots of late nights, and I found a system which was um, at entry-level free, and then um, it allows you to have up to six people on screen at the same time with a few other people in the so-called green room behind the scenes you can swap people in and out so there's a bunch of people that can chat together you can add in um, you know images on screen and talk about it and you can live stream it out to Facebook and YouTube Uh, and that's kind of the interesting bit it's one thing getting people together on screen and broadcasting that but the interactivity is really great fun so people can make a comment on Facebook or YouTube while you're live we get to see it in real time and then if somebody say posts a question um, we can pop it up on screen a little caption window and then we can all talk about that and in fact we did that this week we had a, a jokes uh, request so you know we had a few jokes up our sleeves of you know good old dad jokes um, but then people online were able to chip them in and we were able to read them out and uh, roll around and groan as required Um, So when's
2: the next Shedcast go out, Marcel?
8: We're going out every Wednesday at 3pm Greenwich Mean Time.
2: And a link will be on our show page to to, uh, facilitate people to link through to you. Do you think that living on an island um, helps you become more independent and actually make it easier for you to isolate during this difficult time? And Marcel, I think you made mention at some stage that says when the sea is very rough, and uh, there's no ferries coming in, you know that you're going to have troubles getting bread at some stage in the next couple of days. So, yeah. all of this kind of stuff is quite, you're quite used to it. And, Graham, I don't know what happens in the Shetland Islands, but I'm sure similar kinds of things happen where you're much more independent, maybe, than many of the people on the mainland.
9: Yeah, I, I, I mean, the thing with living here is is people are resourceful to, 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 to live in a small island. Yeah, well, there's. About 950 people live on Yale and it's a ferry ride to the mainland, 10, 15 minutes to get across. You, you tend to be able to deal with problems as they arise, whether whether it's the, usually it's the weather. Our our, our, our main challenge is usually weather related, you know, so it's quite odd really that we've got a, a different challenge. But it's it, it's also good to think that... That while 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 the challenges come from a different direction, dealing with them is pretty much the same. You know, uh, with with the weather, you have to think carefully about your shopping, how to how to stock up, when when and where to go out, and and, and usually it limits where you can go. And with this uh, uh, social distancing, and social isolation, we find we've got the same thing. You know, you've got to suddenly think. I've got. I'm going to go to the shops. You know, it's a it's a, a sixty mile round trip, seventy mile round trip down to the co op to do the shopping. I might only be able to do it once a fortnight. How how do I cope with that? So so that's that that, that that's an interesting thing to think about. You know that that we we're we're, we're 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 almost pre-rehearsed at doing this you know but but it, it is different you know and and uh, the the other thing that I'll say is pretty much everybody that lives here it's a very social place so the tension between being social and social isolation is, is pretty hard to deal with really so yeah there's there's a lot of tensions but people are getting on and, and, and getting on really that's how we are
2: Marcel, can you kind of address the same issue about the independence of um, Islanders and how they're dealing with the current lockdown? Uh, we're seemingly
8: very different to, to Graham's situation there. Um, I don't know what Graham's population is up there. We've got about 60-odd thousand. What have you got up there, Graham?
9: 20, 22 in the whole of Shetland, spread okay. across all the Isles. And that's but, a uh, good uh, area. Yeah, I I, I mean, Yell's 960, 970, and Unce, the most northerly island, is 600, and Fetler, the island just out to the east of us, is 60.
8: Gotcha. Yeah, very different. So we've got about 60,000 odd uh, in 25 square miles. So we're quite, uh, I'm going to denigrate the Guernsey population, we're quite dense. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, so a 60-mile round trip uh, is unheard of. You'd have to do sort of two and a half laps of the island to drive to the shop and clock up 60 miles. So I, I've got two shops within five minutes' walk of my place. So we're quite a different uh, feeling there. How are people coping with it? Well, some people are doing really well with it. Um, some people are complete ejects and not paying any attention at all it seems there are some very special people around but i think most people are heeding the warnings and um just you know shutting up shop but as patrick said commented previously that uh, you know guernsey is quite isolated the, the ferry is sort of like 90 miles to the uk and across the english channel it's pretty exposed anything coming in off the atlantic just rattles up through the channel so it's often we get a storm and the boats don't come through and we're talking big boats big you know roll on roll off cargo ferries and sometimes they don't come in and if that happens for a few days the shop shelves are empty uh all part of this sort of globalization sort of sort of move of of zero warehousing so a lot of the shops over the last five ten years have taken away their warehousing capability Um, so of course when it all hits the fan everything grinds to a halt because we've got that buffer which is jolly annoying
2: you're 950 miles apart you guys you know and here we are having a conversation it's Fantastic. Yeah. I,
9: I, I mean, it is, it is amazing how, how, how the, there are similarities and differences. Yeah. You know, the, 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 dense, the, the, the density of population amazes us. I mean, uh, Yale is, what, 90 miles long by about six, seven miles wide, with 900 people, you know, and, 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 and we've got four shops. There's a shop in the north, a shop in the south, and uh, a shop, two shops in the middle, really, and that's us. We've got, we haven't got a pub anymore. Uh, the pub, the pub couldn't, couldn't make ends meet. And, and, and Graham,
2: Graham, we don't, we don't have pubs either now.
9: Oh um, no, I know polished. that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but but the big thing, the big thing that we're missing is the village halls. Because, because, yeah, 900 people, we've got seven active village halls for each of the crofting communities, you know, with the quiz nights and, 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 and the, of uh, course, the churches meet in the halls now because the churches have shut, you know, and suddenly we've lost that completely and, and, and that's, that's the biggest single difference I think uh, I think we've got, and we've lost the frequencies of the ferries. The ferries going across the mainland Shetland for us run every half an hour through the day and they've they, they've moved down to running about every hour and a half, but nobody's travelling but but you have to plan your journeys now, where before you you just pitch up you know uh, Marcel was speaking about the ferry to the mainland we've got two big we've got two big passenger ferries that run what they run overnight it's it's 12 or 14 hours to Aberdeen they're they're going to go down to one every other day as well but again nobody's traveling so so long as, as as we get things in the shop because just in time is the problem isn't it we don't have any food in shetland we've got what's on the supermarket shelves so we're wholly dependent on that ferry coming in at, at seven o'clock in the morning kate you have a question
7: well no i was just going to ask about so in terms of uh i mean as assume as COVID 19 reached the, the islands? Is it, is it Have you had people reporting that they have actually um, tested positive and how does healthcare look for you guys? Is that a worry then in terms of resources?
9: Well we've got one hospital uh, but there, there's no intensive care unit so we've already had one person medevaced out by the RAF, a Hercules came in and took somebody off to Aberdeen so they could go on uh, into intensive care. There's 24 confirmed cases in Shetland at the moment uh, but of course with no testing we, we don't know how many people have actually had it but with regard to the, the medical support our, our 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 social care is brilliant uh, my, my day job before I retired last year I managed the social care for the north of Shetland uh, for the three Northerly Isles I, I ran to care homes and care at home service and daycare units and and that sort of stuff now the daycare stopped we've still got two care centers in the North Isles uh, in Yale and Unst but of course there's no visiting now so the people there are very isolated.
2: Uh, Marcel what's the situation on on Guernsey with regards to um, medical facilities? Uh,
8: We've got one main hospital um, and the health care is very good underpaid nurses as usual but you know it's very good Um, we've currently got last count about 23 cases I think confirmed Um, but we've had big problems with testing we haven't got on-island testing uh, yet I believe the message last night was that the last bit of equipment has arrived so that's now going to get set up but it could be weeks before we're set up So everything, all the testing that's been done for COVID-19 now has been um, done in the mainland. Um, But of course, it normally turns it around in sort of 48 hours. But of course, the mainland labs are overworked. Um, So there's been big delays there. So our, plus our 48 days, it's been taken, sorry, 48 hours. It's been taking sort of five days, possibly more um, to get test results back. So testing has been uh, very slow, so we, pretty sure we've got lots more cases um but they're just undetected
2: so um studio any comments on the on the really fascinating stories from uh, guernsey and shetland i found the technology aspects really interesting i thought um, shetland and their opening hours using whatsapp were were really clever anyway look john what, what's your kind of views on uh, what you've heard from guernsey and shetland
0: well i i, I put uh, shetland up. A welfare shed on the map on the uk msa map and i'm um, glad i did because i got me uh, into having a look at their website and all their facebook pages and stuff like that and the same with guernsey I, I i've done the same for guernsey and i think it's amazing what you can do on these small islands that you know we, we're not doing in the big cities it's really interesting the, the the contrast in in as much as there's there's a really quite active sheds in in many of these smaller islands you know the isle of man isle of Wight, um guernsey and, and shetland whereas in l- large parts of west london where i, I come from there's, there's nothing it's um, it's quite interesting to see the, the contrast
2: i i think that's got things to do with um, the urban population being more mobile and turning over more regularly and and often a younger population as well so yeah. that's maybe the case dan how did you find we you, you've had quite a few
4: conversations with guernsey i think just recently yeah Guern, guernsey's become quite infectious uh, marcel's a great chap to talk to and there's lots of great guys down there uh, and girls indeed and um, we've had some lovely conversations um this week uh, one thing i was going to say um uh, guernsey are doing uh, uh, currently uh, working on a project with one of their um, uh, shed members who's doing some 3d printing on acetates to uh, to make face shields uh, for the nhs and they're in in, in uh conversation with some uh, some nursing professionals down there to try and get those used which is great uh, graham's uh, conversation in shetland about uh, missing the public halls was so you know so touching i mean it's um it really is getting to everybody at the moment isn't it but one thing i was going to say about the technology very quickly is that um if you are getting on Zoom, if you are getting on WhatsApp, if you are doing these things, please make part of your conversation to talk about how to get to, to people who aren't, because there are a lot of people who aren't. There are a lot of people who will be resistant or just not able. So make that part of your conversation. Try and get to your local people who aren't.
2: So there was, there was some, um, I think some shares that are printing out things and um, sending out to um, by post. So. Um, I guess that's one way of doing it. Kate, how, how about you? What, what was your learnings from Guernsey and Shetland? Um, I
7: think the Less about the technology. I was just really interested about the comment of uh, saying that the weather is obviously the biggest challenge for them and how that, you know, shelves can often go bare um, because of rough seas and sort of getting enough um, things to the island. So in terms of them being familiar with something that we're now seeing, which is I guess people panic buying um, I, I don't think that that sense of um, desperation around shells being there is, is, is a, as a lie for them and they, they you know keep talking about this island community which I think is you know because they've got a natural border of them being in this island together is something that we could probably learn a lot from and sort of sense of community uh, and sort of yeah a natural tendency to reach out and help each other yeah
2: I think I thought Graham said I got a 60 mile journey in a ferry to get to the nearest co-op was <laughs> yeah. kind of interesting, and then and then comparing that with Marcel saying, "Well, I got five shops near me I can walk to," you yeah. know. So similarities and differences, I think.
7: Yeah, it's that mm. appreciation. You forget that actually people are, you know, regularly living like that, where there's a yeah, a real thought has to go into about the next shop.
2: John, about how about you? What did um? Did you, what did you learn from the Guernsey the Guernsey slot?
0: I think what's interesting, which I've seen in in other places, is the is the way the shed is um, attached to what is effectively a, co- a community garden. I've seen the same thing in Braintree at the um, Temple Cressing shed, where you've got community gardens. In many cases, those have been going for years, and the shed has, has managed to set up effectively next to them. Um, and I think that was an interesting part for me of what they can do uh, in, in combining two, two disparate things. Of I mean, course, Denby Shed is, is much the same too, with Uh, gardening and and woodworking going on on the same site. I think that's something that we should be encouraging across the country. I guess probably a bit harder in Shetland because the weather may may, make it a bit trickier than Guernsey.
2: Well, I think Graham said that they don't don't have any of their own food, do they, on Shetland? I guess they have sheep. Um, Yeah. um, But Guernsey also have a thing called hedge veg, which is where lots of people put vegetables and fruit um, by their hedge at the front gate for people to sell. So um, I think Mm -hmm. that's interesting too
0: yeah
2: so dan i think um westbury have some um um, shed activities do they not um
4: they do well we started with um two allotments as i say i'm not terribly involved with the actual day-to-day mechanics down there at the moment but i'm in touch with lots of the individual members and of course uh outdoor space absolutely essential and wonderful really wonderful
2: yeah Good. Kate, anything um, else to add? Do you think would the islands have got other lessons for us to learn about um, our current um, staying safe at home?
7: Uh, no, they just seem to be um, not in as much shock, I guess. That's, that's what it felt like. They, they, were, they were obviously you know, talking about um, their concerns, but ultimately they felt, felt like they were adjusting to it a little bit easier perhaps than, than the conversations I've had or certainly how people around me feel
2: more relaxed about it i think i think i think graham said uh, what did he say um it's a bit like having the, the weather as a challenge it's just a
7: different challenge yeah yeah exactly that he seemed to say that, that, that because they were used to dealing with challenges this was just another one that they were adapting to yeah yeah,
2: yeah. so well good thank you very much indeed for that um any other other comments on them um, on, on our islands we're going to hear some about from some more islands a little later but um,
7: yeah, following uh, chatting with Marcel this week, um, he reached out to say that he, w- he really enjoyed connecting with the mainland. Um, he was saying that how expensive it is to actually visit the mainland now. So the idea of Sheds being able to connect with Sheds is um, something he's, he's quite keen to do. And he's, of course, running his own weekly sh- um, radio show now called Shedcast. And so I put him in touch with two ambassadors who have got some interesting projects going on. Um, But I think he'd be very up for hearing from others who have got other really interesting or uh, particular shed stories they'd like to share uh, via his radio channel. Um, And I guess it's just uh, generally it sort of spurs on the idea that this is an opportunity for sheds to potentially connect with each other within a county. So your neighbouring shed, maybe contact them and say hello, how are they doing? What are they up to? Um, and maybe just chat to John at this point. We're seeing that shed networks are kind of a natural evolution of the shed movement. That's what it feels like. I think there's seven now, are there?
0: There's, there's certainly shed networks uh, either forming or well well, well underway um, across the southern part of, uh, you know, the London, south of London, home counties north uh, around the Buckinghamshire, Oxfordshire, uh, Bedfordshire area. Uh, Essex shed network are well established, um, supporting sheds across Essex, and then we've got ones in Norfolk, and then we're we're seeing other areas of the country starting to form, and certainly a group starting to form in the West Midlands. Um, obviously, there's the Scottish Men's Shed Association and the Welsh uh, Sheds Cumry, supporting sheds in those areas at the moment, and we're looking to extend that to more of the English counties uh, this year. It's going to be a slow process to get get people together, but you could start that process right now by ringing your the, the shed next next door to you. Uh, the shed map on uh, the UK Mens Shed Association website will give you where where the next sheds are, and it should have contact details of your nearest sheds.
2: Yeah, fantastic! Just put uh, "find a shed" or one word UK MSA, into search engines, and you'll come up with that map. Good. Well, thank you very much indeed, everybody. We're back in a couple of minutes but first we're going to hear from Will about the Heaton Men in Sheds and the Stockton Music in Sheds. Now the email is read by Tony Smith-Cralen from the Silvers Workshop in Reading, so thank you Tony. (laughs)
11: men in sheds have been going for just over two years and have about 15 to 20 regular members. We usually meet twice a week to be creative. Our projects are based around making and repairing in our local community. We build planters for the park, repair vandalised community centres, do community gardening build huge 24-foot heritage signs and we even rebuild a jetty in the local pond.
9: Down
12: in you,
11: On Thursday evenings the more tech savvy of our members meet to give free computer help to the wider community. Wednesday evening, we share a space with the Stockton Music in Sheds, who meet and play instruments as a group. They have a repertoire of songs, mainly rock and blues covers. They often finish with the House of the Rising Sun, so if you could play that, it would really take us back to our small shed.
0: The shed, the shed, my lovely little shed Might as well get a chest to peel the toilet and the bed It's the only place where I can go and tinker with my toys Go and find solitude with a bunch of ugly guys
1: Be brag.
2: Welcome back to Shed Happens, this two-hour weekly radio show on Freedom FM every Wednesday morning during the coronavirus self and social isolation. It's about Men's Sheds and the Shed movement but aimed at everyone. Now Men's Sheds aren't the only charity that's having to adapt rapidly during the lockdown or during the safe at home. Now listen to this item from BBC TV Points West from the evening news show on the 26th of March. The clip is introduced by David Garmston and we hear from the Morton Men in Sheds. Um, From a charity that runs several sheds in the Cotswolds, from Cheryl Murray and Amanda Howard from Cotswolds Friends. Now, charities are having to adapt quickly to carry on working while we're all keeping our distance. Organisations that help people in their homes are switching to supporting people by telephone and sometimes online, but say it's tricky for those who rely on face-to-face contact. Here's our Gloucestershire reporter, Steve Nibbs.
6: We
1: don't see anybody
2: this is how the men in shed scheme should be A place for men who
8: feel lonely and isolated to get together But this is a promotional video Today, the sheds in Morton in Marsh are empty, the tools unused.
7: Are you OK for
3: shopping, Geoffrey?
8: Although the support continues on the phone, it's a difficult time for everyone.
3: To be honest, I'm heartbroken. All our clients that come to the shed value every second here because many of
7: them don't get out and about. So having two hours twice a week to come where, to meet their friends is a very special time for them. And they were all very sad when we had to close.
8: Coursewood friends are at the coalface, no longer able to visit people in person. They've had to adapt and react quickly to help those unable to get out.
7: We had a lady um, in the last couple of days who'd been living off bread for the last week and was very concerned that she'd run out of cat food and was thinking she might have to have her cat put to sleep. Um, But the heartwarming side of that story is within 30 minutes, a local volunteer had whizzed around with a cooked casserole and some cat food.
2: Our thanks to... Um Jim Ainsley from the BBC TV Southwest for permission to use this clip. Here's a short interview with a shedder from an earlier show in February this year. Now, if you don't believe men don't get to talk about their health, then you haven't been in a men's shed. Here's Jerry. Anyway, look, Jerry, you were lucky to have had a potential abdominal aortic aneurysm diagnosed, yes. and operated on a while back. How, yeah.
13: how long ago was this now? That was uh, about five years ago I had my uh, operation. Um, it woke, The only symptoms I had, because, well, the only other thing I had before that was a, I had a heart attack 12 years ago, which I needed a stent, but then about, I think it's about six years ago now, it woke me up in the morning when I was in bed, and I had a massive, um, I hadn't on my stomach here on the left hand side, and I, I had this massive pulsating. And it just felt as though like your stomach was going up and down, up and down. Well, <laughs> I thought, well, I won't bother the wife. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll tell her in the morning. So so the next morning I told the wife, and uh, which she is an ex-theater nurse, and went berserk. <laughs> and because uh, she knew exactly what it was. And within an hour I was in Bass Royal Hospital. But... The actual aneurysm itself was six inches long in in the artery and it bulged out three and a half inches and was just about ready to pop. But the uh, surgeon, he just told me to go home uh, because I thought they were going to use stents but he's a gentleman that doesn't use stents because he said they kink and they cause more problems. So I had to wait six weeks for a graph to be made, and uh, here I am today, six years later. Um, Oh, I class myself now as quite fit, really, (laughs) but there we go. You said my graph would outlive me, so. There we go. <laughs> yeah.
2: So has it, um, has it changed the way you live, your life, or your, um, what you exercise? or? or, or yeah,
13: eat? I mean, I can't, I can't do exercising. Um, all right, yeah, I go to the shed. But I'm not supposed to really lift anything heavy or anything like that. So, yeah, in that sense, it changed my lifestyle. But life goes on, so you just can't sit down and look at four walls. So I just do my best and get out that's it,
2: really thanks Jerry when this crisis is all over men over 65 make sure you get yourself an abdominal aortic aneurysm a triple a check it's really simple straightforward we're going to hear from uh, Steve Barnard later with his uh, Danone shed rap but before that here's Steve talking about the shed he goes to in Danone um, this was recorded on the 25th of March
14: well, we've been going about four years. and I wasn't one of the founder members. I think it's like all these good ideas. It started off as a, a meeting in a pub. Uh, and then, uh, you know, the founder members got together and um, realized the idea that came from Australia. I thought, well, we can implement it here and got together, found some premises, got the premises up to, up to scratch. And then, you know, I, I was due to retire. And I'd seen it in the paper. And I thought, hmm, well, this sounds interesting. It could be something I could get involved in when I retire. And and, and it's been great. Um, so four years we've been going. We, the original premises we had, we only had for about 18 months. And then the lease ran out. And the landlord wanted it for other things. So we then had to find all the premises. Which, in a rush, as always, which was quite a panic. But yeah. we found this, um, uh, th- there was a company used to work up here called Deroon Ceramics. It makes, used to make books. Quite a well-known company. And, and they they packed in years ago, and they've got we uh, they managed to, to rent uh, half a, an industrial unit off them. So we've got really good sized premises. I think a lot bigger than most people, which is quite surprising for the size of town they
2: are. You know, what kind of projects are you up to? What do you get up to? Well, well, well the it's, I say
14: it's quite a big unit. So um, found most of the majority of the founding members were uh, were engineers. So when it kicked off. Um, in the first premises, it was quite heavily engineering-based, as you do, I mean, you, you tend to go in the way that your members want to go, Yeah. Uh, and then over time, as more and more people, we got into, uh, you know, we, we identified that we need to expand and we need to diversify to bring the people in, because not everybody wants to stick their head inside a car. <laughs> uh, and so what we've got now, I mean, in our new premises, we've been able to... To try and expand and we try and encourage anybody if you've got an activity you want to do come on in and we'll find you a space
6: Fantastic. you know so
14: i'll run through the list really we've got well we've got quite a good area for car repairs we've got an engineer's workshop which includes some things like a lathe welding um we've got a milling machine we've got a little space that guys like to repair electrical stuff uh, we have got another group who do um sort of repair garden equipment such as strimmers and uh, and hoovers and stuff like that. Then we've got quite a large workshop area, and, and lucky enough, recently, we were able to uh, to purchase a second-hand uh, table saw, a really good quality table saw, uh, which has been fantastic. Cause you, you need a good table saw to be able to, to produce decent projects. Uh, we've got a polytunnel that's been put up recently. Uh, mod- we've got guys that does model making. Uh, we've got another guy, another artist, um Wanted somewhere to keep his picture framing equipment. So we've, he's, we've got his picture framing equipment here. One member uh, makes picture frames. Uh, we've got another another guy who is an ex sewing machine engineer. And he he does a, a nice little uh, business for his um, overhauling and repairing sewing machines. And all these activities, it all comes to the shed. So it's all income to
2: the shed. Are you are you currently um, your shed's closed right now?
14: Yes. Yeah, we closed it officially. Well. Uh, we got closed officially yesterday, but I, I basically, because I'm one of the trustees, I was pushing to, to close it earlier, uh, and I actually stopped going a week ago. I went to self, uh, self-hibernation.
2: So you're in self-hibernation
6: yourself now, Steve, are
14: you? Yeah, I've been in a week, and the shed actually, we didn't open yesterday. We managed to push it, so we've got to show guys. You yeah, know. Yeah. We, we, we've got to be seen to be following. And once and the government uh, guidelines came out, there was no discussion. No, no discussion. No no wise.
2: So do I. Anyway, look, um, you, you are multi-talented in terms of your video, your audio, your music, and your, your songwriting. Where did all that come from,
6: Steve?
14: I'm an engineer, I, I'm an, and I think engineers are quite good at analysing stuff, and I get a lot of my ideas or things from YouTube, just watching YouTube videos. You see something, and you think, oh, I'll have a go at that, I wonder how to do that. Um, I've always bashed a guitar. I've always had a guitar because I'm an ex-serviceman. I was in the Royal Navy for 50 years and, and finished with Tarman's submarines. So we always used to take a guitar with me to see. Uh, I could bash it out, you know, most of the Stages Crow sort of stuff. <laughs> um, and that, so I've always had a little bit of that. I, I've always done a little bit of painting. Uh, and I did quite a lot of painting about 10, 15 years ago. But I get into phases, you know. I see something, like, I can do that. i bored <laughs> with that. Let me do something else. And... Um, the public and videos, it was funny, it, it started off with a bit of a story. My cousin, she's a bit of a crafter, she brought up these knitted church mice, which looked great, and I started they started to speak to me. Uh, I'm one of these people where inanimate objects start to talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> and I started that, so I made up a little, a little video of, with these church mice, and then I saw how rubbish it was, and I thought, I could do better than that, and so... Started and you know started, tried something else and tried something more, and then as regards to my puppets, uh, I was—we've got a local hardware shop and they've got these white mop sort of stick, you know, you use for washing up.
6: Yeah.
14: Got that fluffy stuff, and yeah. I picked one of these up in the shop, and it started to talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> you hear this? Uh, there's a lot goes on in my head. And it scares me, never mind. And, and I thought I could make a puppet out of that, place. I took it home made a puppet and started to bobble it up and down and i thought it needs to be able to talk so i fashioned a way it could talk and make a mouth so i'd, I'd made these different character puppets and i made them and i sat there for two or three years i did nothing with them and, and i started to make another little video and i suddenly realized um oh i could use these puppets we're taking it a step back as regards to the music it started the rap started off in music i was just on my iPad, there's a app called Gary's Band, which is fantastic for putting loops together and just making hundreds of different types of songs that I was just playing one day, putting loops together. And all of a sudden, this thing popped out, and I thought, that sounds like a rap. Then the brain starts turning, what could it do a rap about? And at that time, I was quite a new member for the Shed, and I felt... I need, you, know, you know, when you join a group, you need to do something, don't you? To, you do. To prove to the rest of the group that you're, you know, you're one of the group or you want to yeah. become one of the group. Um, that's, that's just nature, that is. And I thought, I could do a rap, rap video. And so I did this rap video and I thought, I could use my puppets. And that's how I did. I wrote the lyrics. And I did this, and it, and it came out quite
2: well. Now, in last week's show, we had some banjo music from Dan. Thank you, Dan, for that. And we promised Chris Lee we'd have some dulcimer music this week. So what we've got here now is a recording settled, sent to us by the Nettleton and Seaview Shed um, with the dulcimer music. And thank you to Dan for that as well.
4: The Shed Show wants to hear from you. Many thanks to Rob for this message, which we have seamlessly blended with some mountain dulcimer music. Now, other dulcimers are available, but enjoy with us Whiskey Before Breakfast by
15: Stephen Seaford. Hi, my name's Rob from the Nettleston and Seaview Shed on the Isle of Wight. We use email, WhatsApp and are now also using Zoom to try and keep in touch with the Nashers, as we call ourselves. We also use nextdoor.co.uk to get crime and safety, especially scam information, out to all the local community, not just Shedders. We are a newish Shed formed in October 2018 with eight founder members and now have 12 full-time and several supporter members, three of whom are women. The only problem is that we don't actually have a workshop yet. We have been fundraising since we formed to build our own shed as we were unable to find a suitable building nearby. We have planning permission to build our own workshop. Over the past 18 months, we have been meeting at the Seagrove Pavilion once a month and at members' houses. We have supported projects at the Nettleston Primary School, local church, the village partnership and for the parish council. We have had plenty to do, but our own shed building would be even better. We had a great social group, meeting at different pubs for a meal once a month with friends or partners. We would welcome new members and also any support for funds and building expertise when we are able to get out and about again. In the meantime, to everyone listening, stay safe and keep well.
2: So thanks Rob for sending that in, here's hoping you get your new building soon and best wishes to all the Shedders on the Isle of Wight. We'd love to hear your um, up to two minute recordings of what your Shed is doing, so get recording and send them to shedhappens.ukmsa.org.uk. And now we've got an interview with other Shedders from the Isle of Wight, recorded on the 26th of March. Um, In the interview were Kate and Dan and joining them from the Isle of Wight was Lewis Pryor and Steve Print. Lewis and Steve. Welcome to Shed Happens. Um, We're very impressed by what goes on on the Isle of Wight. So maybe, Lois, can you give us an idea on the current status of sheds across the island?
3: Wow. Well, the Isle of Wight has a population of about 145,000 people. And within that, we have about 15 sheds running at the moment. And um, of which 13 I helped to establish over the last five years. So um, some of the sheds are your more traditional sheds, your woodworking sheds doing stuff in the community, but we decided to do something slightly different and have sheds that do different activities. So we have two music sheds. Uh, we've got a shed located within an old power station that's restoring the machinery in there. Uh, we've got a shed within um, a museum that's being built at the moment and we have one attached to a care home as well. So um, what we've done is, is taken the concept of the sheds and embedded them within, within the community in whatever shape that is a lot of rural areas we've got some very small communities over here so we try to adapt the sheds to fit the needs of the community and achieve the same objectives as well so all the sheds are there to to engage men um, engage the community and improve the lives of the people um, in those areas your um
2: your ratio of sheds to people is um probably three four or even five times higher than the rest of the country what would you put that down to
3: Um, I'd say that it's down to to having to reach some very difficult targets. Um, So if I can just explain, so I've been funded by the lottery um, to set some sheds up and they gave me the funding for basically um, what would have been one shed um, run on a full-time basis by one member of staff and they told me I had to open 15 sheds with the same money. So what I did was um, just go out and see what else we could do um, to, to make these sheds happen. And um, they're not the biggest sheds in the world. Some are just two or three people. Others are sort of 20, 25 people. But they are embedded within their own communities and um, still serving that purpose.
2: I, I would put it down lowest to your enthusiasm and energy, I have to say.
3: <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> My broad imagination.
2: <laughs> Do you think you, your, your island community? Helps you deal with the current situation with regards to the coronavirus lockdown.
3: Um, absolutely, like um, you know, we do rely on, on transportation and ferries to get goods over here. Um, the ferries themselves um, obviously got their own issues with trying to keep people separate, so they've changed the rules on who can sit where. But we're used to sort of helping each other. We're very, very lucky here um, in terms of community spirit. We're used to. Being geographically isolated, so we can't just nip to the county next door to drag a few more people across to help out. So we do sort of tend to rely on each other quite a lot, um, particularly in hard times when the weather's extreme um, or there's other issues going on. So actually, the Island community has come together very, very quickly um, to establish um, different sort of support mechanisms. Um, And the Island White Council working with some local um, agencies and organisations, such as the um, Local Community Action. We got Age UK and some others who actually pull together very, very quickly to provide support services through uh, recruiting volunteers. So it's something we're very used to.
2: Sorry, Dan, you had, um, a, a, I think, a question for, for Lois. Yeah, I was, I was wondering
4: um, if I could um, ask Lois, um, how is everybody keeping in communication? Do you have like a, a central email thing or is it a local radio or how do you do it?
3: Oh gosh, well, um, the same as everyone else here, yeah, we do have a local radio station. There's a lot, a lot of people on Facebook over here. So we have a lot of community Facebook groups, some of which have over 10,000 people in them. We have some very good local news online. We're very quick to respond. And like everywhere else, when you've got a small island community, you know, news travels very, very fast. <laughs> and so does gossip, so <laughs> you've got to be careful.
2: <laughs> good, thank you, Lewis. Um, so what kind of, kind of programs are you running specifically since the lockdown? Are you, do you have any specific things across the island for Sheds and, and, and the rest of the community?
3: It, it happens so quickly. What can I say? I turned up to work last Tuesday to be told, well, you're going home by the end of the day and that's it. Um, so I didn't really have much time to set anything up. But what I've been trying to do is to get people onto Zoom like we're talking on now. So that's one way of communicating. At the moment, I've still got everyone's contact details. So I'm asking shed members if they're happy for their details to be shared with other members of their shed. Um, and we also have our local um, Men's Shed Association ambassador as well, um, who we're trying to keep in contact with everybody. But yeah, just 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 keep doing what we're doing. Um, it's really, really hard because I'm about to finish my job. Um, so I won't be able to be emailing everyone out um, like I usually do. So usually we have a regular newsletter go out. Um, but I'll try and keep that up somehow.
2: Lois, I'm very sad to hear that you're 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 moving on. It's uh, I think it's a gap. Who, who's going to be taking over from you?
3: Okay, so we have some um, of the team at AGK taking on some of the um, process. So they'll be taking new inquiries and visiting the sheds and keeping in touch with the sheds um, on a regular basis just to make sure they're ticking over and also the men's shed ambassador um he's been to visit every shed so they all know who he is he knows who they are how they function and hopefully we'll just keep things ticking over in that respect but the hard work's been done they're all set up they're all running you know and they're all all pretty much good to go and most of them have been sustainable and self-managing for a while now
2: that's 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 very that's a very talented thing that you've done, to, to get them. No, to become self-managing is, is a really positive piece of work and not easy to do, I don't think.
3: Thank you. I mean, it was, it's something from the outset. For every shed, I had to look at the long-term picture. So for every shed, I had to think, okay, is this premises going to be here in five, ten years' time? How much are they going to have to pay for it? How are they going to manage that? And despite the fact they're all sort of quite small and a relative scale of sheds, none of them pay rent. Um, so the overheads are very, very small, and I think that's what's going to be the secret to their success.
2: <laughs> yeah, not paying rent is a real secret to success. <laughs> believe me, fantastic. Sorry, Kate, do you have a question for Lois around the ambassador? And um, yeah, ambassador
7: no, I just, I, I guess I, um, I've been chatting with Ian quite a bit, and uh, uh, I know that you had a, a, another event planned. I think you guys <laughs> prioritize. You, you really value the the power of an ASIC sorry, of a shed network uh, yes. and sheds shedders coming together to learn from each other. And I know that you had a very successful event last year and you're you're planning you were planning on having another one in July. We um, were. And I just wondered, <laughs> you know, are you kind of coming up with an alternative later in the year or how, how are things
3: looking for you? So just to explain, we had our own Isle of White Shed Fest, which consisted of all the sheds and the islands in the south of England come together. Um, they each had their own stand if they wanted it, so they could sell stuff or sort of show what they were doing. But also it's a chance for men to share skills. We had people being trained on things like CPR and understanding scams awareness. Um, we had um, a big tea tent so people sit and um, socialise. And we also had the um, Aviation Museum open, which is where one of our sheds is located. And it's a real sort of village fate atmosphere. And we had live music. Um, And it's just a lovely, lovely day. And we had about 500 people turn up to that that first event. Um, So obviously this year we want to continue that work. And unfortunately, things aren't going to happen that way. So they're looking at delaying it or holding it again next year. But we're looking to have an annual event because it engages the right age of people and the right demographic, which is very difficult to do these days.
2: Yeah, no, that's uh, very interesting. I'm pleased to hear you've got good numbers coming to your ShedFests. Now that we have um, Steve in the background, thank you for your patience, Steve. Um, you uh, you you work in the Shanklin shed. Do you want to give us an idea of what you do there? And um, yeah, and,
16: sure. Uh, um, I'm the secretary there. Um, have been for a couple of years. Uh, I retired to the island three years ago and wanted to get my teeth into something. And somebody mentioned this new thing men in sheds i was on a ramble actually over the island and he said why don't you come along and then before i knew it i was on the committee <laughs> 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 and we've now we've got um our shed it's a traditional shed a woodwork shed and we're located at the uh, ymca over at Shanklin, and um we get well we've we're running five days a week, Monday to Friday. Uh, yeah. Rent free. But we do in return, we help the YMCA. We allocate two men per day to help with their maintenance schedule on the old Victorian building there. Uh, but they gave us, um, uh, where we're located was an old, uh, boiler room, um, um, had no, uh, roof or floor. And, uh, the, but the, the tradesmen amongst us uh, put it all together so we've got our own workshop.
2: So you uh, you've recycled a, a, a derelict building did you we did
16: um, it, it may have been an old um, Victorian ice house prior to being a boiler room but um, it's ideal for a workstation for us we've got we've got like sort of six workstations in there that con- can accommodate the chats. Um, five days a week. We we operate from 10 till 4. What, Sorry. Our next project is we're going for a club room next door. So we're um, raising funds for that. So that's uh, one of our many projects. Uh, we also, um, as Lois mentioned, we do uh, uh, help the community uh, with um, local projects. We've, last year we did all the park benches in the park next door restore them and uh, this year we've got the uh, the parish council have given us the uh, subway to uh, paint and um, depict a mural uh, of life on the island so um, as soon as we get through the other end of this
2: coronavirus we can uh, uh, attack that. So how, how are you dealing with um, your shedders that um and now on lockdown in terms of, um,
16: well, there's the problem. Um, a lot of them are quite elderly. Our age range from 50 to 95,
2: 95. Yeah.
16: Um, so as you can see, the, the ones sort of 75 and above, are, uh, we have to phone around, <laughs> but the others, um, are okay with, um, you know, this technology today. Um, yeah, so there's a problem with half of them but we're, we're, we're having to phone around I oh, want some other the projects we're doing they're doing behind closed doors which um, there's a chap making a mud kitchen for a local primary school and there's another elderly chap making uh, benches for the, for the rowing club Shanklin rowing club um, so they're doing
2: that doing that on their own and we're um, doing when
16: come... that now yeah yeah as Fantastic. We, we yeah yeah and the workshop manager. He's the youngest of us, the 50-year-old. He's he's knocking up the um, bird tables, well, all the seasonal stuff, you know, planters and bird boxes that we will sell at the Shedfest and uh, other events, yeah.
2: So you're using Zoom to,
16: to keep in touch with your people? Uh, I'm going to after today. <laughs> 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 it's my first introduction, yeah. So, how, how
2: have you found using Zoom then, Steve? Is this the first time? Yeah, first time. Yeah,
16: yeah. I set it up last night for the wife's line dancing, but that, that's
2: and, it. Sorry, did that? How, you talk to me. How do you do line dancing virtually now? Well, yeah, I put it on for the wife and let her get on with
16: it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So, um. Yes, yeah, so we're, I'm keeping the chaps busy, basically.
2: Well, that's good, good news. During, during this lockdown, yeah. So, sorry, Kate, do you have any questions for Steve?
7: I did have, but I've totally <laughs> forgotten what it <you've> was <laughs> now. The line dancing through me. <laughs> Come back to me in a minute. <laughs>
2: sorry, so, sorry, Dan.
7: Yeah,
4: hi, hi, Steve, very nice to meet you today on this call. Um, just to um, yeah, just to reiterate something you were saying. How brilliant that uh, you have got some of your guys uh, doing uh, projects uh, at home and then um, coordinating with each other to uh, you know bring them together. Uh, you know when you can get back together again. I think that's fantastic, and I love the sound of this boiler room conversion. This is something absolutely after my own heart, and it's fascinating. Well done for all you do down there. Thank
16: you, thank you. We pinched a few. Um um, ideas from, uh, dare I say, the WI, you know, because um, <laughs> I keep an eye on the chap's birthdays and send them cards and... Uh, oh, that's things, nice. Things like that. And um, in August, we have a, a barbecue, and one of the chaps is an ex-butcher, so um, um, that's quite an event <laughs> not to miss. Um, so everybody, w- what we find is we give everybody a job, and... Um, you know, that keeps them uh, interested.
2: Yeah. Good. Thank you, Steve. Do you have a, a kind of message for all of your um, Shanklin shedders and the other shedders on the Isle of Wight?
16: Um, yes. Um, Hi, shedders, <laughs> as we say. Uh, keep working shoulder to shoulder and we'll get through this. We'll come out the other end. That's shoulder
2: to shoulder within social distancing purposes, I oh, think yeah. you mean, yeah. Steve? <laughs> <laughs> quite, yeah. So, thank you very much, Steve. Thank you very much indeed, Steve. Uh, we'll uh, go back to Lois now, if we may. So, Lois, would you like to give a message out to all of the uh, shedders on the Isle of Wight, and, um, and countrywide, frankly, because you're quite famous. I, I've used your, logo of, all your the logo of all the men laughing inside the shed. Yes. Presentations all over the country.
3: Fabulous, fabulous. Well, that's what it is. It's about keeping your spirits up. Um, I think, um, like Steve said, try and keep busy. Most people have got their own sheds in the bottom of the garden um, and just try and do projects that perhaps you can bring back to your community sheds when you finished or look up new ideas. If you haven't got a shed, um, if you're able to go online, then look up um, projects and plans online and put something together. Um, I think just just keeping sort of forward thinking and keep planning ahead ready for the time when we can all get back together and the sheds will start up again I think that's the main thing to do just keep focused on what you're doing
2: I think you can keep learning too I think that's one of the things that people can do without I mean learning how to use zoom is a good idea for a start but uh, so well done Steve but all kinds of other things as well and Kate I mean we talked um, at last week's show about another idea about a shed relay I think you called it
7: yeah, yeah, that's right. So uh, I, mean, I can't remember where the idea came from, but the idea that maybe if you had a particular project that involved lots of different elements or different parts to it, you could almost send out the plans to everyone and each person makes a particular part of the bigger project. And when finally we can all come back together, the actual uh, the creation is made as, as a group. So uh, yeah, I don't know whether or not people have got any ideas on that. I think... Because there, there was a doll's house idea. What was the one that you saw, Patrick, that you sent it was, to me? A, it was a but. clock
2: where you, you you have each shed and make a, a single little quadrant of the number and decorate it in its own way, and then it all comes back together. I, I think it'll be most amusing when all those things do come back together because whether the things would fit together or not, <laughs> um, I don't know.
7: That might be part of its character, though.
2: It might be. So, Lois, what about... Um, what about you? What's, what's plans for you next?
3: Oh, my goodness. I, I, don't, I haven't got a clue right now. I think um, learning something new, yeah, I might learn Japanese or something. Um, but I had planned um, to do some writing, um, do a lot of reading and maybe some art. So I'm going to focus on that for the next uh, few weeks. Um, and then when we can all sort of get out there again, I'm going to be hopefully travelling. Um, I've got a camper van, which is all ready to go. Sitting on the driveway, looking very sad but I'll definitely be, once, once we get it all clear, I'll be out and gone um, and doing my travels. Um, and then we'll see what happens next year.
2: Lois, I, I personally would like to thank you earnestly for the work that you do on the Isle of Wight and jealous of your sheds per person, as are lots of other people I know that watch, watch very carefully. So um, you are to be congratulated on what you've done and to um, bet you wish you all the very best going forward.
7: Thank you very much. and It's been an absolute pleasure. Lois, you know, you talked about looking at the, the cost of rent and, and the actual kind of financial forecast of sustainability, but actually it's also about sustainability of people in terms of the roles <clears throat> and making sure, like Steve, you said you give everybody a job. I mean, that's excellent because you're, you're building in a culture of shared ownership from the beginning. And that's, again, something that perhaps is sometimes forgotten and very difficult to then backtrack on it, isn't it? Yes. Um, um, can I just say, the um, I
3: think... In a lot of respects, um, we're quite sort of fortunate here. When I first started the job five years ago, um, not a lot of people heard of many sheds, and one of my sort of first sort of real roles was to get that word out there. What is a men's shed? And um, through that, and getting the sheds in the local press and on the local radio, um, communities recognise the benefits of having a shed within their own area. So I had people eventually coming to me and Shanklin Shed is a classic example. The man who ran the YMCA came to me and said, I want a men's shed at the YMCA, you know? So I think that's, that's the real sort of, um, just shows that we need to see sheds as a community asset. And I always say this sheds are a community asset. Um, and once communities recognize that you will probably get people offering free venues to you in return for a little bit of sort of like sort of TLC for their local area or the building. Um, and I think we need to sort of build on that, you know. Um, but also it's, it's, it's about, you know, right from the beginning, I had to think about sustainability. I knew I wouldn't be here in five years' time. Um, and I think every shed that starts up needs to think that way. Um, you know, things change all the time. So, yeah, build it into your culture. So I guess the question following on
7: from that is around this, uh, the idea that a shed isn't a standalone thing, you know. So the sheds that actually are um, really... that proactively put effort into connecting with organizations local authorities so yeah just it'd be great to hear about your view on that and sort of how a shed um becomes a kind of um, yeah connected with the rest of the, the community
3: i think um in terms of if you look at um the areas of health and well-being for anyone there's things like socializing learning new skills taking note of things around you But also um, improving or feeling like you're contributing to your communities that's another big part of it and the sheds tick every box um, in that respect and I think if you're going to have a shed it's not about building uh, having a a building with woodworking machines in it it's about men inside and how they can feel like they're not needful they're needed Um, so the community needs them or wants them to be there the community recognizes that and I think it, you, you can work towards that quite easily. And I would say celebrate your your you know your triumphs. You know, if you restored the park benches in the park next door, um, celebrate that. And when someone sits down on that on a sunny day, they suddenly remember. You know, oh, actually, the many sheds next door did these, didn't they? Um, I had a lovely moment at one of the sheds. They were they'd um, they'd restored one of the, the benches uh, next door, which was quite a popular seat. It was right on the top of the cliff, overlooking the Solent. And um, the day after they finished it, I went round there and someone was sat on it. He said, I'm so glad this bench has been put back. He said, it's my favourite bench and I've missed it, you know. So just for him alone, it was just like a real sort of magic moment. So we need to remember those magic moments, the Shedmen, um, you know, and actually be proud for what we do. Um, and the community thanks you for it. Um, any other points anybody would like to make? Yes, sorry, go yeah. ahead, Lows. So um, my last bit of work um, for this project, I'm actually writing a document called Shed About the Man, Um, and it's to sort of almost sort of like be an add-on to what the Sheds Association is already doing in terms of the practical side of setting sheds up. So this is looking at the more emotional side of things. So um, how do you engage isolated people? Um, How you sort of make people feel welcome? Um, how do you sort of go through the rough times about losing sort of faith if you like in the shed so that's what I'm writing at the minute hopefully it'll be available to people from next week and I'll hopefully get a copy up to the Men's shed Association for them to, to dissipate as well so I think not forgetting obviously the sort of legality side of things and the health and safety side of things we need to also remember that sheds about the people themselves and their needs and their worries and their concerns as well need to be recognised so we need to sort of look at both aspects of it um, and I think sometimes that's forgotten, um, which is where things can start start to go wrong. I'm just really excited to hear about that,
7: Lewis. Oh, no. um, when I first joined the association, I went round and visited all the ambassadors. Just to kind of there was twelve at that time, including Patrick. Um, um, and I sat down and I started listing all the elements of running a shed. And then, actually, what became clear is you've got all this practical stuff, which was, you know, loads of different areas of, you know, health and safety, generating income, premises. And then, actually, on the other side was all the kind of the fluffy stuff. But it wasn't fluffy. Actually, what Patrick said to me is this stuff takes the most time, and this stuff is the stuff that if you don't get it right, the whole thing falls apart. You know, even managing your relationships with your premise, with your landlord or, you know, how you deal with conflict or difference in personalities – that's the stuff that's the heart of the kind of community that you create, the culture you create. So I think that's really exciting to hear that that's coming out because it's, it's an area that I thought we we, we do really good at this stuff, the practical stuff. But we could possibly support lead shed leaders more in the, this other area around creating a, a healthy shed culture and, and just on that around shed leadership, the leadership style that, that people choose or or have come from as well. And sort of the differences of making sure it feels like it's, leadership without being work (laughs) because if it feels like it's work people are like i don't want to be part of this anymore
2: (laughs) now um, i'm sorry to be too repetitive but please follow the guidance issued by uk government the nhs or other statutory bodies regarding covid 19. now look in a minute we're going to hear from the studio about reactions to the great story from the isle of wight but first here's a schedule's musical contribution that has been sent to Shed Happens. It's from Chris Graham from the Shed it group near Cambridge.
5: Hi folks, uh, my name is Chris Graham. This is a song which I've adapted from a Tom Paxton song and it's called Colours for the for the shed It group. Thank you. The shed came throwing colours all around my blacks and greys. I in wonder it just opened up my Let me tell you what you did for me. Out the news, the shit came throwing colors round my blues. The shed came throwing colors round my blues. Well, it makes no difference how I got the way I used to be. Something in my head just simply made a mess of me. But the shit made all things possible with something there to use. And it keeps on throwing colors round my blues on throwing colors round my blues well the shit came throwing colors all around my blacks and greys while well, I said in wonder it just opened up my days let me tell it what it did for me one shout the news the shit came throwing colors round my blues the shit came throwing colors round my blues oh and when I joined I needed something good to do with people that were round me that were just like me and you they were there and i would made friends that are very hard to lose And they keep on throwing colors round my blues They keep on throwing colors round my blues Well, the shed kept throwing colors all around my blacks and greys While I stood in wonder, they just opened up they Let me tell you what it did for me What want to shout the news The shed kept throwing colors round my blues The shed came throwing colors round my blues
2: Chris, that's great thank you so much indeed for that
5: i think the way this sh- shed it has pulled me out of the doldrum so to speak i'm willing to help anybody in that respect
2: chris thank you very much indeed for that um and uh, best wishes to um all the shed- it's, shed- it shedders and i'm glad that they were able to help you so much so now look back to the isle of white and thanks so much to lois and steve so studio what's your reaction to the isle of white story
4: well, uh, f- absolutely fascinating. So lovely to talk to Lois and Steve, uh, wasn't it? Um, that great diversity of uh, activity that goes on on the island is, uh, is incredible. And just going back to that little um, song by uh, Chris Graham uh, that we just listened to. Um, be- beautiful work. Well done. Um, throwing colours around my, uh, my blues. Absolutely lovely. Well done. No, but uh, Isle of Wight, fascinating. It's all going on, isn't it? Goodness.
2: Well, they, you know, one shed for 10,000 people, you know, unreal. Um, we'd have 10 times as many sheds across the whole country if we had Lois in every single area. John, how, how did you um, feel about the uh, the news from the Isle of Wight?
0: Exactly. Well, my reaction has been to the Isle of Wight before. I mean, I'd see, looked at the map before, and and then listening to that, it just made you realise that the, the capability of sheds to... Con- to appeal to many t- types of uh, people, not just woodworkers, uh, you know, the, their, their, their music sheds, for example. Um, and I think that that is certainly uh, a model that more of the country would, would, could could follow over time. It's just it's going to take time, I think, for us to get there. But absolutely well done to her and to the shedders who've, who've worked obviously worked very hard. And I'd, I'd heard about their um, shed fest on the Isle of Wight at the end at the museum uh, last year and uh, you know inspirational really
2: yeah no, it is inspirational we had a, a frame shedder who visited um, uh, a shed on the Isle of Wight and he had a really um, ambitious bucket list and he just mentioned that one on his bucket list was to drive a steam train and one <laughs> of these Isle of Wight shedders said I can fix that for you and he, he got to drive his steam train so um, you know it's always worthwhile visiting these other sheds Sorry, Dan. You were going to say no, something.
4: I was just doing a choo-choo thing. I was, I was like <laughs> moving my arm
2: up and down like I was pulling the whistle
4: down on an old-fashioned the steam tray. In. Yeah, I'm oh, <laughs> sure he did.
2: Yeah, sorry, John. So I mean, we need more people like Lois to to do this kind of stuff. And I'm very sad to see her moving on.
0: Yeah, same here.
7: I so I'd just like to say as well about the the emphasis she puts on sustainability from the the very beginning of the journey. So she really, even though it's under an umbrella organisation and there may be funding available, she really, every single decision she makes is, can this last beyond my existence? Um, You know, of her potentially one day going off in a camper van. (laughs) Um, She she said it's sadly sitting on her drive. But the fact that she's really put emphasis on that, and I think that's a really valuable advice to any shed just in the starting process of emerging can this last beyond you know two five ten years
2: next week it's going to be an international show um but we still want to include stories from the uk so please do send them to shed happens at UKMSA.org.uk. and one of the things that i was thinking of and maybe the studio give me some ideas on the 15th of april um is to celebrate shed's impacts in the communities i mean virtually Every shed does work in the community, be it working for, with local schools or working with the hospitals or medical centres. And we'll hear about a medical centre, some work a shed's done with a medical centre shortly. But do you think we should be asking sheds to send in information and, and news about the uh, impact they've made on their communities? John, what do you, what's your views on that?
0: Yeah, my shed's not been as active in, in the communities as, as some others that I've seen. I've, I've seen a lot of shared Facebook pages out there and there's some fantastic work being done by, by sheds all over the place. But yeah, definitely. I think it needs public publicising because, you know, this is a movement that I think really has made some difference, not just to people's lives, but to communities.
2: No, I, I agree. So I think, I think can we make a decision? Let's go over the, on the 15th. Of, of april with um celebrating shed's impacts on the communities kate were you um go yeah, i, think,
7: that I think that's a great idea i guess uh just uh, with the emphasis on safely done because we are <laughs> dealing with people who are in the category that is you know um the, i guess most vulnerable so yeah yeah absolutely it's a great idea
2: good dan should we go with this um,
4: yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's uh, it was always uh, the case from my involvement right from the very beginning that it's um, the shed is just um, one of those small facilities that enables community to come together, and then it branched into something humongous that got completely out of control in a most marvellous way.
2: <laughs> well, Dan, I often tell a story about how you invited the mayor to open your shed with an yes. unusual, <laughs> an unusual. Um, um, ceremony maybe you could just tell that story
4: Stephen and Andrews lovely uh, lovely uh, local uh, uh, councillor and, and he was mayor at the time and uh, he, he was invited to come and open our shed but what I decided to do was to uh, hand him some uh, enormous metal shears and we set a chain chain link up along the front so he he got to cut it with those and that was uh that worked rather well I think he quite enjoyed that actually
2: so was he expecting a pink ribbon and a pair of long-handled scissors or something?
4: Oh I, and I think Stephen knew me well enough to know it would be something a little bit
2: different. <laughs> well good, well thank you to the mirror of Westbury. Um, thank you very much indeed, Studio. Now look, we had a quick word with a chef from North Yorkshire. Um, here's Graham Stora talking about some work that feels to me like it took place weeks and weeks ago but actually it was just two weeks ago on the 16th of March. I hear that the uh, Whitby area shedders have been doing some great work for their local uh, GP.
6: Do you want to tell us about that? Well, uh, great work. We've done some work. I was up at uh, the surgery just earlier on this week, uh, collecting a prescription. Uh, they're serving through a, a window now, and it was raining. It's not rained since. And I said, you really need a cover here. And I said, would you like the shed to make some sort of cover? And lo and behold, the next day... I was up there with one of the other shedders, and we erected my gazebo against the window. And the following day, I uh, anchor-bolted it to the wall just to make sure the wind didn't take it out. So, yes, that was much appreciated. If it rains, but we've had wonderful weather over the last few days, so it's probably combating sunstroke at the moment. Oh, well, that's good, uh, that's good stuff. So, uh, And what about how,
2: how are you managing to link up with your shedders now? Everyone's in lockdown.
6: Well, uh, we've had uh, a good bit of uh, conversation going on between individual shedders uh, in conventional ways in the main, but well, we've also uh, got involved with uh, video conferencing using Zoom. Fantastic.
2: So maybe if you'd like to give a, a call out to all your shedders.
6: Greetings to the shedders right across the UK, uh, but particularly to those in our own area up here on in North Yorkshire, over in Scarborough, here in Whitby and District um, and others. It's a shame that the sheds have closed. We're all missing it right now. So stick together, carry on, do what you can at home and uh, enjoy, for the moment, the sunshine.
2: Stay safe. Stay safe. Graham, thank you very much indeed. And that's Graham talking about going to his medical centre and putting up um, a pergola so people could get their prescriptions without the rain. Thanks, Graham. Best wishes to all the Shedders in the Whitby area. So, um, everyone listening, please do send us the stories of your Shed or music or messages uh, to ShedHappens at ukmsa.org.uk. We'll try and play out as many as we possibly can. Okay, now you're listening to Shed Happens on Froome FM at 96.6, locally and online and on demand worldwide at froome.fm. You can listen again to this show, um, and you can see photographs from today's um, stories and news on http p s colon forward slash forward slash b i t dot l y forward slash shed happens to with a numeric two or one word at the end now look, we're coming to the end of our first weekly shows before i go if there's any um comments or closing comments from our studio guests um do yeah down.
4: dan i i'd like to say um uh, in, in honor of the uh, in honor of the day um if you if you can't listen on uh on Froome FM or, or on uh, the internet or, or on the other various methods of listening to it, you can now try the new uh, Patent menshed Dalek app, which just actually involves you putting a torch on your forehead and holding it up to the sky, just like that. And you'll find it'll just come straight to you. It's brilliant. Try it. It works. Yeah.
2: Fantastic. It works. Fantastic. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Dan. Kate or John, do you don't want to read the... Um... Sorry, yeah. John, have you yeah. got any uh, last kind of comments?
0: Yeah, I've got, I've got one. At Shed Happens, we've been sent some really detailed project plans and photos from a shed that's managed to turn parts from a washing machine, an old computer printer and a mini Arduino board into a working 3D printer at virtually no cost. Send us an email at shedhappens at ukmsa.org.uk with a sub- subject line, plans please, and we'll send them off to you. Any questions, please give me a call.
2: Fantastic. John, thank you very much indeed for that. OK, I'm just going to close with thank yous, and, um, and I'm going to go through the thank yous because I think it's really important. I don't know. Dan, what do you think about the thank yous?
4: I think thank yous are very important. <laughs>
2: really do you I I just I worry about it sometimes but there you go don't don't, maybe if you don't if don't
4: pick people out say something really lovely about everybody or don't pick individuals out I'm not
2: going to pick anybody out I'm just going to just just go through go for it so thank you very much in the studio guests Kate Dan and John and thanks to the nearly 25 people who helped make this show that's PJ Rupert and Julian from Froom FM Marcel from Guernsey Graham from the Whale Firths men's shed and on Shetland. Graham from Whitby. Um, Anthony Williams, known as Will from um, Stockton and Heaton men's sheds. Chris Graham from Shed it and from the Isle of Wight. Lois, Steve and uh, Rob Webb. And uh, thanks for Tony Smith Crow for his contribution. Paul Merton from BBC TV. Trevor Gowan from the Jed Shed. Steve from the Dunoon Shed and uh, BBC TV Southwest. And Cheryl and Amanda from Cotswolds Friends. And uh, lastly, thank you to all the NHS staff, GPs, nurses, doctors and care workers who are bravely looking after us. And thanks so much for all your hard work and well done for everyone involved in Nightingale Hospitals and all the other efforts. Um, Now, please, please follow the guidance issued by the UK government um, and the NHS regarding the virus. On next week's show, 10am on the 8th of April, we have an international theme, but we're still looking for more inputs from UK Sheds. So send us your music stories and call outs. We'll also have a beginner's guide for using Zoom to enable staying connected to isolated people online. So please be in touch. Um, Before I go, I'd like to say best wishes to a leading film shadow, Leah Harrison, who is not really not well, and we wish you a speedy recovery. And uh, that's it for today. Thank you for listening. So say goodbye, guests. Goodbye, guests. (laughs) Shall we we do that one at a time again? One at a time. So say, say goodbye, Dan. Goodbye. John. Goodbye all. Kate.
7: Goodbye everyone and stay safe.
2: Good, yeah, thank you very much. Let's all stay at home, protect the NHS and save lives. So it's goodbye from me. So thanks for listening. Please listen again on Frame FM on uh, Wednesday, 8th of April. We're going to close with a Danoon Shed rap from Steve Barnard and I'll let him introduce it. Bye-bye.
14: Oh, hi, I'm Steve Barnard from the Dunoon Man Shed and I'm the creator of the Danoon Men's Shed Wrap. You can find this on the Facebook page for uh, Dunoon Men's Shed or you can also find it on YouTube under my name of Space Waller. All one word. So have a good time. Stay safe. Say bye-bye. This is Steve Bard on Siding Off.
2: Steve, you're an absolute star. Thank you, mate. My pleasure. Okay, Bye. bye-bye. Here's the Danoon Dun- Men's Shed Rap. <laughs>
12: Get together because we are wired I need to sit down because I'm feeling tired Put the kettle on Tuesday and Thursdays we all meet From 10 to 3 at Nelson Street We're supposed to work on this and that But we just stand around and chew the fat Put the kettle on Every type of glossy bees All come from different walks of life We all come here to get away from the wild. Put the kettle on The wooden tops make things from wood And some of it is even good They hack the chop but don't lose face When it ends up in outer space On. One day came the prostate nurse to tell us all about the old man's curse. Watch out for a swollen gland and how she help us keep it in hand. I'll have some of that. choppy shop. Put the kettle on come down